if you create an aftermarket product for another product, that's legal, but you have to do it right. And you have to interact with the primary product that you're making aftermarket product for in keeping with the law. And if you don't, that bigger brand that you've made an aftermarket product for can clip your wings real fast. We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best Amazon stock management tool. How much has going out of stock cost you over the lifetime of your business? And what is it going to cost you this Q4? Eva predicts precisely what stock you need. It learns from your account and it improves constantly. Eva serves hundreds of private label seven-figure sellers. To get a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the e-commerce leader. We're here to make you the best e-commerce leader you can be. That sometimes means grasping the nettle on some difficult topics. Today, we're talking about intellectual property defense. Defending your business isn't as fun as growing it possibly, but it's really, really important for the future income stream stability for you and your family. And if you ever want to sell your business in future, even more critical. So intellectual parcel of defending your business. And really, you can think of it as an outgrowth of your branding strategy in a very, very big sense. Today, we're going to talk about some action areas that you can focus on with a team, with your lawyer to create a really strongly defended business so that intellectual property tax bounce off the steel of your defenses. Hopefully, that's a fun image compared to the usual relationship to the law. Do listen, do take some notes. As ever, if you want to find our notes, you can find them at theecommerceleader.com. And uh, if you want to follow us for any discussions on panels with Chris Green and Carl Hamer, as well as Jason Miles and myself, you can find us at the call-in app on Tuesdays um, at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern or 4 p.m. UK time. But for the moment, let us see how you can defend your business against in such a problem. Enjoy the show. But number five is utility patents. So this is sort of area where people often think of it when they think of intellectual property as patents or patents. And they often think of it as very, very expensive and time consuming. If you want to get a utility patent, so for example, if you've got something that, I don't know, crushes nuts, and I'm not an intellectual property attorney, so this may be a wrong example, but the action that it performs, like an iPhone stand, you know, it holds an iPhone or it protects an iPhone case, protects an iPhone. That is a really hard thing to get. And that is very expensive. And the reason is because if you get it, it's enormously powerful and distorts the marketplace in your favor. Uh, but what you can get is not a utility pattern, but a design pattern, which is much narrower in scope. But it means if you create a particular kind of iPhone case design that protects your phone, if you drop it on the floor from a great height or something like that, the exact design can be protected. And you could be looking at a couple of thousand dollars to do that, which if you're getting tens of thousands of dollars uh, a year in profit can be extremely valuable thing to do. That's my understanding. And it's definitely somewhere you want to get good lawyers involved, specialists, good specialist IP lawyers are going to charge a few hundred bucks an hour in a lot of cases. I think Robert Wright and is, is much more affordable than that, but you should be willing to pay that if you're going to go this route at all, because amateur hour is not called for in design patents. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I think this is really an important one for 
particularly the e-commerce sellers who are looking in the product categories on Amazon, let's say, and trying to understand how to make a better mousetrap for the end user and how to take what's existingly in the mar- existing in the marketplace and change it, tweak it, redesign it, re-modify it and differently and come up with a new thing, a new thing that can be defended. And I think that's important. And you know, I watch the Shark Tank in, here in the US or Dragon's Den or whatever it's called in Canada. That's one of the first questions they always ask. Do you have a design patent? Do you have a utility patent? All that stuff. And so I think it's important to think through that to your point. Yeah. Okay. What's what's action area number six? So area number six is defending yourself against allegations. So really, you need to get all the above stuff sorted out. So you've got your copyright registered. You've documented everything. You've got your patents, if you can, or patents, uh, design patents, if you can, particularly to your point. If you're tweaking an existing design, you really want to talk to an intellectual property lawyer to make sure that you're not going to get taken to task by the people who own the original design. And by the way, the idea that there's a quote generic stuff that out there that nobody has any rights to is a very dangerous thought. It's theoretically possible, but most stuff has been designed by a human and somebody paid them. And they're quite often taking the trouble to, to, protect their IP. And then you need to get your trademark uh, in place documented. And again, to your point, if you've got some trademarks that you've been trading under for years, even if you haven't got them registered and you made maybe a conscious decision not to register them, you can still document everything you've got showing your usage of it and giving you the rights so that if you get uh, attacked by somebody saying you haven't got the rights to thing, you've got the paperwork to hand, you've got the registrations to hand and you can deal with it efficiently and, and with less stress than you otherwise would. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, I've had to do this one too. This one wasn't fun. And so I think the main tip here from my point of view is defend against allegations via an intellectual property attorney (laughs) who writes a formal response letter for you if you get a letter from a bigger brand. And I wouldn't be amateur hour on this one and uh, do a DIY job on responding. And so the, uh, you know, I guess I won't tell the story on this one, but it is important to understand what your rights are. And there is nuance in a lot of this area, which is why an IP attorney is so important. It depends on the type of product. It depends on the industry. It depends on the so many variables. And uh, so, you know, there there is nuance here. Well, just one example of nuance is if you create an aftermarket product for another product, that's legal. But you have to do it right. And you have to interact with the primary product that you're making aftermarket product for in keeping with the law. And if you don't, that bigger brand that you've made an aftermarket product for can clip your wings real fast. And this is there's nuance in all this stuff. But defending against the allegations, I think, is best advice through an, a good IP attorney. And, and that's why you want to have a relationship with one. And like in our case, we have an intellectual property attorney we work with. Her name's Heather. We interact with her maybe like once or twice a year. And it's very uncommon, but we know her. We've known her for a decade or more, and she's our intellectual property attorney. So if we have issues, we know we have one, and and it's very valuable in that regard. So I, I do think this is an important uh, nuance there, and and you can you can get in real legal jeopardy if you don't reply, don't respond, ignore stuff, don't act appropriately. And so there you go. Okay, so what's action area number seven? 
Just quickly on that, to your point, I think it's very important to act, but not act rationally. Exactly the same as if you get, which is not a legal issue technically, but an Amazon account suspension or, or pre-suspension warning. You need to act and not bury your head in the sand. That's something I see. And you don't want to be firing off an amateur letter, which is something I've seen a lot more. <laughs> so to your point, yeah, get the lawyers to write the letters 100%. So action area seven is in a way much more pleasant back to defending what you already have. And this is something that makes your business more and more defensible, your future cash flows defended, and it makes it more sellable, which is wrap everything in as many layers of intellectual property as you can. Robert Wright, my friend, and he's come to, to work with the uh, mastermind in the past and real expert in this says that he was taught and he's always taught everyone else the more layers you wrap everything in the more protection you have so if you have some product images you can get the copyright there but don't forget to get copyright in the images get copyright in the text if you've got a product then if you've got a good enough product packaging you could apply for patent and that's unusual but i know that kyle's done that for example as you've mentioned yeah um, right. get design patent on the product itself get some, a trademark wrapped around that and you could even have something like trade secret if you are selling something with it with a secret sort of recipe that's harder to deal with and that's a very specialist area but the more you can wrap it in that the more people get entangled in a web if they try and take you down they've got to break through all the areas of intellectual property that you wrap things in so that's a beautiful thing and i think that's not as implemented as i mm -hmm. think it could be by most people yeah no that's interesting okay what's action area number eight Action area eight is less sexy, but it's documenting everything. So we've already talked about registering everything. And then in a way, you're handing off the problem of documentation to a government body or some other official body. But it's not very exciting stuff. But if you ever come to sell your uh, business and you don't have this documented, it can really get in the way, especially for a nervous seller or, or a nervous buyer, I should say, of your business. But also it, it means that if somebody attacks you, you don't have it ready. It's going to be much harder for you. It's going to be harder for your lawyer to work on your behalf as well. So having documentation of usage, for example, of a product, which is a backup for uh, documentation of your photographer giving you the rights to a particular photo and having images of the photos and all the rest of it is a really fantastic mm -hmm. plan as well. Yeah, totally agree. All right, man, great list. Hopefully we have made this tolerable for those who are quickly bored <laughs> with legal stuff, which again, we're not attorneys, so go yeah. find your own. But let's bring this home, man. Any final thoughts or you want to summarize the list for us? Yeah, let's just summarize the list. And this is a, a action areas, I've called it. It's no, these aren't mostly one-off actions, but if you uh, work on it and you educate yourself, this is much more handleable than you might think. So number one, know the basics and be responsible, as you say. Um, don't be your own lawyer and learn about it, but get a good lawyer on site, as you say. Somebody you trust and you've known for ages is the best possible person. Number two, action area, defend your copyright. One of the cheapest and easiest areas to do, very underused and extremely powerful. So it's a wonderful win-win, I think. Action area number three, register your trademark. And as long as you've made the judgment to your point that you think it's worth registering. Action area number four, register your IP with all possible authorities. Um, DMCA for copyright in the US, trademark authorities, US, UK in most places, anything you can to make it as official and registered as possible. Action area number five, if you've got a really valuable product that you've created, a custom product, then design patents are really important. And also double checking the flip side of that, that you aren't gonna be on the end of a claim for infringement in somebody else's design patents, especially if you're tweaking an existing design, quotes unquotes. What is a tweak? 
talk to your intellectual property lawyer. That's really important. Action, action area number six, defend against allegations. Uh, so have the documentation ready uh, to go on that. Now, action area number seven, wrap things in as many layers of IP as you can to give you the most layers of defense. And action area eight, not very sexy, but document everything related to this stuff. And then if somebody ever attacks you, or indeed you need to take somebody else down, you are in a prime position to do so with minimal stress. I realize we just forgot a major area, which we've talked about in different shows, but I'll just mention here as maybe a bonus, number nine, <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that is, we love your thought on this real you know, quick too at the end here. When you're in the process of creating a new concept or a new brand, you really want to think through what you're doing. Google it, use tools like Name Checker, use tools like you're in the United States, your state legal offices to see if there's already registered businesses using that name. You want to scour the internet. I always tell people, if you can't get the top level domain, if it's not available to you, like whatever your idea is, dot com, somebody else owns that domain at least, and you better keep looking. And then the other nuance there is if there's something super close to what you want to do, move on. Don't, if one one letter difference is not make a brand, <laughs> a good brand idea, you really want to be unique, stand out. And it's hard work to create a brand. And I see so many people who make brands who are derivative of a thought, a phrase, a concept that candidly will never be a real brand. It will never stand out with uh, emotive power in the minds of a consumer because it's just a copy of very common words or ideas. And even if it's legally owned, it's not a good brand in the mind of the consumer. So that step is really important, I think. And we've done tons of uh, podcast episodes about branding and all of the details and nuance that goes into that. But I wanted to just mention here is a bonus idea here, because I think that's where a lot of people get in trouble is with weak, original intellectual property ideas that then become just a minefield of trying to understand their rights and defending and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, again, to a point that came up earlier, this is a sign that your intellectual property weaknesses are just the canary in the gold in the coal mine, that actually you've got a terrible brand uh, idea anyway. Because if you're copying or if it's mm-hmm. easily copyable or it's hard to distinguish from another brand, that's essentially a trademark issue. But that's the principle behind trademark is passing yeah. off is the offense. So in other words, if something could be from mm-hmm. you and it could be from somebody else and they can't tell the flipping difference, that's a branding or marketing nightmare anyway. So to yeah. your point, that there is not really wrap this up with a bow there isn't really a conflict between getting into the details of intellectual property not from the principal led level not the the nasty details which are lawyers pay to deal with isn't really separate at all from the idea of creating a brand that is distinct mm-hmm. in the customer's minds which people love trust and, and will pay more money to get products from really speaking if you think of ip as a giant extension of branding and marketing efforts yeah then maybe that's more of a palatable way to, to sugarcoat that pill for marketing-led entrepreneurs to swallow and it it, it totally is that's what it is really the law is one thing but the in the mind of the cons- consumer and the public presentation of your product or your brand and all that stuff. That's the whole heart of it. And anyway, I think that's the right phrasing for all of this. It is a big extension of your 
public facing brand and presentation to customers. So there you have it. As always, man, this has been a fantastic conversation. It's an honor to hang out with you and do these these episodes. If you're listening to us at this very moment on the podcast player of your choice, we'd love to have you hit the like button, the whatever button, follow, however you can affirm and support the show would be a tremendous help. And we're really honored to be able to serve the e-commerce seller community. Man, our show is just growing. It's growing on Spotify. It's growing on the call-in app. And we're just honored to be able to serve more and more e-commerce operators with insights, perspective, and our points of view. And so thanks everybody for listening to the show today. Michael, as always, thank you for the fun conversation. Thank you. Yeah, really enjoy our conversations. I always look forward to those weekend conversations. It's so thought provoking. And that's you've got the gift of looking at things from a very strategic perspective. And I think that's hopefully the missing piece that we're there to serve. So if you're listening or watching, by the way, don't forget to join us on Call In, which uh, Jason just mentioned, iPhone only app at the moment, I'm afraid, if you're an Android or other user. But if you have got an iPhone, come and join us on Tuesdays, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, um, 4 p.m. UK time. And we have Chris Green, Kyle Hamer, and then Jason and myself having our hot takes for about 20, 25 minutes on a, a given topic, which is good fun. And really, the listenership's blown up for that, hasn't it? So that's mm-hmm. something, if you want to uh, join in a slightly more interactive environment, do come and check us out there. Yeah, top 10 show in our category right now. I think we're number seven at the moment. So yeah, Amazing. crazy cool. And it's fun to have everybody hanging out there with us and following the show and listening. So thanks, everybody, for that. All right. See you, buddy. Take care. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.